And hello, everyone, boys and ghouls everywhere. It is October. Oh, my God. Middle of October, meaning we're just a few more weeks, a couple more weeks, a few more days from Halloween. I'm just so scared every minute of every day, even during the daytime, because I've been watching horror movies, which is fine, because this is my bloody podcast on the iTunes and Stitcher Radio, Google Play, through the Multimedia Men Network, because because we're all things horror here. I'm Brian Kluger, and I'm joined by my favorite smelling man of all time, Mr. Preston Barta. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm not so bad. I am frightfully delightful. I don't know if that's a real thing, but I'm going to go with it because I'm just too excited for this episode because we have, we have a very, very special guest. Oh my God, because it's October. (laughs) Um, We have Haley from the, uh, no, I think she's an angel. She's not from the depths of hell. She's like from the angel coming down to talk about horror. What do you think? Haley, what's up? Hello. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. We're excited to have you. I'm very excited. This is awesome. I, I I feel like since we've been doing this podcast, you've been watching more horror films than normal, right? A lot more than normal than anybody that's normal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and has it grown on you just a little bit? A little bit? Um... Some of them, not all of them. <laughs> it's I, I know, I know, because some sometimes things can get too gory, too bloody, but then there's some that are just kind of really cool, I think. There's definitely been some that I uh, have found fun. Good. I thought good. they were just going to be dumb, and uh, we've sat down and actually have really enjoyed them. So, surprisingly. Mm. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. That's good news. Uh, that's the we we like to get you into the horror realm. People who normally don't like horror, it's like there's stuff for everybody. There's even comedy horror out there. So, yes. yeah, there's there's good stuff. There's even stuff like Hocus Pocus for kids, which interestingly enough starts out like a crazy horrific film with witches sucking souls out of people and stuff. I don't know. But uh, but Hocus Pocus for the family, Disney style. It's for everybody. But we, we have a great show today and a fantastic show. There's three of us today. It's amazing. We're going to be talking about our, our main event, uh, Behind the Mask, which, oh, it's so good. We love this film. It's what horror is. Um, and then we got some good news, some questions, some recommendations, all that good stuff. Uh, but... First, let's uh, talk about a couple of brand new trailer stuff that we've talked about on the podcast before, but we've got new info. The trailers for the remake of Pet Cemetery and Glass, the sequel to Unbreakable and Split, uh, the second trailer. Preston, what, what, what do you think about these two trailers so far? Uh, I like the Glass trailer more than Pet Cemetery. Um... I guess just because I'm more, I have been more excited about Glass than I have been Pet Cemetery. I'm still apprehensive about Pet Cemetery, even after seeing the trailer. Well, because we've already seen Pet Cemetery, like in the eighties, yeah, and it's and it's and it's fine. <laughs> it is fine. We don't need no stinking remakes. Um, yeah. But yeah, we, we've got two trailers. Glass. I mean. I feel like since Unbreakable came out in theaters that I've just wanted to see like this trilogy unfold. And then when Split came out at the very end, it just, you're kind of like, oh, the world is a better place for you and for me. And then we're getting this glass trailer and I just, I can't contain my excitement. These trailers are looking so good. Uh, Haley, did you see this trailer yet? Uh, no, I have not. Um, I actually never saw Split. Uh, Preston saw it at Fantastic Fest a while ago, years ago now, and uh, it just uh, never made it to my TV screen. <laughs> Do you like M. Night Shyamalan? Um, yeah, I haven't seen all of his movies, but the ones I've seen I liked. But I also grew up on them, and so they have a bit of nostalgic 
or nostalgia for me. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but I haven't seen all of his movies. So, and I saw Unbreakable, but it's been a really long time. Like since it was in the theaters, I think was the last time I saw it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it's no, I'm not caught up at all. <laughs> I think you, yeah, I, I think, will be. Yes, yes, you will be. I think you, I think you'll really enjoy Split. They really, really good job with it, and I've wanted to see it. I just we haven't watched it. I wonder how it's going to hold up for her, knowing that she knows what the twist is at the end. That it's a. Well, I don't know. To, yeah, I do know more. that, but now, did you not know that going in? No. Oh, okay. So that but, changes it. Yeah. So we we had the icing on the cake. You're just going to get the cake. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it'll play out very well, though, still. And it just will get you excited for another one. And uh, this glass trailer, you're just... You just, you just like, I want to see this now. Can I just please see this now? Can M Night just release this on Netflix right now so I can watch it tonight? And uh, yeah, that's what that's what I want to see. Uh, but yeah, Glass 2, or not Glass, but not Glass 2, but uh, this Glass, the second trailer, is out. It's coming soon, actually at the very beginning of the year. So we'll have to make it through the holidays and New Best Year's. Best movie of the year will be in January. <laughs> yes, he's 100% correct, folks. He's very, very rarely wrong, as Haley can attest to. Preston knows it. Before we move on from this trailer, was there anything that kind of stuck out to you that you learned more from it? Because I kind of appreciated that um, we got more stuff inside the facility with them this round. Yeah, I think it's kind of cool. Like they gives us like just a hint more of like what's happening and how they all got here and you know because how much time has passed or whatever since the last film. And I just think that you know just. It doesn't give too much away like so many other trailers do. I just think it gives you just like, oh, okay, this is an interesting take. I think that's that's what it is. What about you? Yeah, I think we get a little bit more. Uh, they, I think they use this line in the first trailer, but it just has more impact this round. And it's when Samuel Jackson says, he, you know, he's trying to uh, develop a partnership with Sam McAvoy's character. And he wants to see the beast and see what his full potential is. And uh, he says, this sounds like the bad guys teaming up. And that's just such a powerful line. And to kind of see that this round, I felt I really felt like it had more of a, like you're standing on your feet kind of thing. Yeah, as you're waiting, like, is that going to happen? And what, and what kind of twist do we expect from this, you know? Yeah, I have no idea. I wonder if it's just going to be a straightforward story this time around or if he's going to find, like, another kind of creative way to kind of push the twist because I think that's why you and I and so many other people appreciated Split because, you know, we always kind of have the idea of a twist coming with any M. Night film. But I think with this one – with Split, we just didn't know that it was going to unfold like quite like that. Um, I think it, it still holds, to, at least to me, it's one of the best twists of all time, uh, just like the original uh, Sixth Sense. But uh, just because it felt new, it wasn't just uh, you know the kind of stuff that tends to happen at the end of thrillers or mystery films, but this one just felt unique and fresh, and I wonder if he's going to try to push it even further this round, or if it's just going to be like a, a superhero uh, versus villain kind of thing. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely curious. I will be there opening night, if not before to see this trailer. I'm very excited. Um, and then pet cemetery. What can we say? It looks the same as the last one, but worse. Yeah. <laughs> not excited about this one as we are about glass, but there it is. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, let's move on to another remake, which is a very weird, um, like this is like the third time this has been remade. Uh, first it was called Juon in Japanese, and then they remade it as The Grudge, and now they're remaking it yet again, The Grudge, mm-hmm. with Lin Shay. You know, Lin Shay, he's, she's been in all the fun movies like Insidious 
And oh, what's the bowling movie with Woody Harrelson and Bill Murray? I can't. Kingpin. Remember. Kingpin. She was in Kingpin in a fantastic cameo role. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite comedies. Yeah, it's a great one. Uh, but what did she say, Preston? She said something about this remake. Uh, she has, since you've already mentioned that she's been in a lot of horror films, um, she has said that the grudge, this second grudge remake, or I guess third at this point, um, is the scariest movie she's been in to date. Which is weird to me because I don't know how about you two feel, but I thought the original grudge, like the Juwan one, the Japanese one was pretty damn good. And then the remake, I think with Buffy, uh, was not that good, and that could just be me. But did y'all too think the original or the Grudge American movie was any good or scary at all? Um, it's been a long time. Just um, a lot of those kind of like mid two thousand horror films. Um, I remember watching them at because it was a point where you know I could like sneak into movies. Wasn't it PG? Thirteen or was it R? I can't remember. I'm trying to remember. I'm gonna look that up right now because uh, I'm trying to remember. I want to say it was PG thirteen, but it could very well have been R. I I don't even remember because it. it I was I was twenty. That movie came out, and I'm who knows what I thought of that movie. Um, but yeah, well, I'm not, I'm actually not sure if it was PG 13. I'm just going to go and say it was PG 13 for now until I find out. But did, did it scare you at all? Do you remember? Um, no, like I don't, I have, I don't remember at all. Yeah, it was PG 13 well, for sure. PG 13 okay. confirmed. Um, well, I know Haley, she likes to do the, the noise that the, that thing makes, um, and it bothers me. So I guess there's some sort of kind of scariness it has or some sort of effect that it has on me. What what noise is that, Haley? I, I, okay, I'm not going to do the noise. I don't do it that often. It's just that <laughs> something I do. Okay, yeah, thank you. That. <laughs> something I do when I'm like absentmindedly doing something and Preston gets very upset and is like, please stop. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't realize I was doing it, but okay. Oh, I hope you just like stand over him while he sleeps and just do that until he wakes up and just scares him so badly. I'd probably get hurt. He probably accidentally hit me. My instinct would be to throw a punch. (laughs) Oh, oh, that's funny. Um, So yeah, the grudge, the... The Grudge remake, Lynn Shay, scariest movie she's been in to date, which is, I guess, is kind of interesting. I guess she's been watching dailies or whatever, because I guess when you're on set, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe she's just getting older and she's scared of more things. I don't know, but do we need another Grudge remake? I guess I don't know. Uh, I mean, we've mentioned it before. I, I don't necessarily think so. I think they should be finding other films to make. That, that's like the age-old argument that we have with these remakes. There's just certain ones that maybe need it, and then other ones that don't. And I don't necessarily think that this one needs to be remade, but I won't I won't know for sure until I actually see it, if they've filled it out anymore or if have reason to really exist on its own. Yeah. There. There it is. I... Uh, a grudge remake, Lynch. I mean, I'm sure I'll see it. I mean, we see all horror movies, really, just to let you guys know what it's all about. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But let's move on before we get to our bloody question and all that stuff. There's a couple more things I want to talk first. Uh, I watched the first episode of the new show on Netflix, uh, uh, The Haunting of Hill House, which uh, the first episode... Damn good. I really liked it. Uh, did, have y'all watched it yet? No, I've had access to watch it, and I still haven't watched it yet. Um, from what I hear, I think it's episode four is the scariest. Um, so, yeah, I, I really want to watch it. it it's it, the first. I've only seen the first episode. They're hour-long shows, uh, episodes, and it's it's good. Like there were some genuinely scary moments. I like like the setup they're doing, and uh, I, I figured out it's like, oh, I've talked to like a few of these people in this show already, <laughs> so that was pretty cool. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I 
recommend it for you horror fans and Halloween. Check this movie out. Uh, I've been enjoying it at least for the first episodes so far. I'd imagine it'll get better. Is there 10 episodes? Yes, there are 10 episodes. Do you happen to know if they're all directed by Mike Flanagan? I actually do not know. Um, I definitely know the first one is definitely written and directed by him for sure. Um, But uh, I would imagine – I mean did – I'm going to look that up real quick right now just so we know uh, if they are directed by him because I would like to know that because it's always cool to see when uh, a director takes on an entire series themselves. Uh, So, yes, every episode is directed by Mike Flanagan. Every episode. That's crazy. Yes. Uh, And... mm, about half of them are written by him too, but every episode written <coughs> are directed by Mike Flanagan. So interesting. Man. Yeah. He did a good job so far. It's because it does different, uh, times, uh, where they they go back and forth of, and let how he edits it is really cool. Uh, Can you tell us briefly what it's about? So it's about this family, uh, I think there's four kids, uh, and they lived in this house. Actually, they moved in, and they were going to uh, restore it and then sell it. And then all of a sudden, just all hell breaks loose. There's like this, things are happening. And in the first episode, you see uh, the dad take away all the kids without the mother there uh, in the car, drive them away. And then it kind of cuts to like, you know, 20, 30 years later where they're all leading separate lives, but remember what happened. And then all these strange things start to happen again from this house, uh, which is really cool. Um, so yeah, that's what's it about. They all kind of like, I think head back to the original house where all these really scary things happen. And supposedly where something happened to the mother, uh, played by Carla Gugino. So, um, it, there are some pretty atmospheric, scary moments in this movie for sure. Uh, that even like some jump scares and some very psychological type things. Uh, so yeah, and that's, uh, that's what it's about. And if you're a fan of haunted houses or, scary things i think this show right up your alley which is right up mine um i have not had to well we'll see tonight when i get in bed if i have to sleep with my turtle nightlight on we'll see if it passed that test uh but who knows but yes that that show is on netflix right now uh so yes yes take it take a shot at it um one more piece of news before we move on I've got to talk about this because this just sounds hilarious to me. Uh, there is a new holiday-themed horror film coming out, and it's called Hanukkah. Holy shit. I had no idea that there was going to be a horror film about Hanukkah, but it stars Sid Haig. You know, Captain Spaulding from House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh, yes. And it stars PJ Souls and Caroline Williams. Uh, all These are all horror f- people. <laughs> It's called Hanukkah, and I'm so happy. Preston, do you know, want to know what this is about? Yes, please. All right. So Sid Haig plays a guy named Obadiah Lazarus. He is the son of Judah Lazarus, the original Hanu killer. <laughs> Man, this this sounds like you you wrote it yourself. I know. I wish I did. Um So in 1983, Judah terrorized New York for seven nights and was preparing to sacrifice his eight-year-old son, Obadiah, on the eighth night. It's a Hanukkah reference. And (laughs) Judah was convinced it was God's will, like Abraham and Isaac, to sacrifice his only son to God. of horror holy shit i cannot wait (laughs) you have no idea sid haig looks insane in this movie there's a trailer for it it's called hanukkah Haley, preston what do you guys think of that description (laughs) uh sounds like something that we all need to watch together (laughs) 
Oh yes, oh yes. Haley, I'll, I'll, any, any, I'll any? need your comment. We'll both need your commentary <laughs> just to be able to go like, oh, this reference. <laughs> your 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 token Jewish friend, and I'll do it in like yeah. the the old man Jewish voice from Coming to America, and I'll be like, hey, okay, you know, <laughs> uh, that. Oh, I I just I just came across this on the news wires, and I got super excited. Haley, what do you think about this? I uh, definitely think it sounds like fun. Something I would enjoy watching. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can watch the trailer for sure. I actually don't know when it's actually when it's going to be released yet, but oh man, just God bless Sid Haig. That dude is just amazing. <laughs> that that man is like 110 years old and still running around like crazy. So um, <laughs> he's he's a good dude, and I'm glad he's in a movie called Hanukkah. I'm trying to think because there's been so many Christmas horror movies. Has there been a Hanukkah horror movie? I think so. There was one with Modest Yahoo that came out a few years ago. It was like a <laughs> Divic or something like that. Do you remember that, Preston? No. <laughs> I think, yes. That, uh, I'm trying to remember. I want to say Tom Felton was in it, too, and I hated the movie so much. But, wow. uh, oh, well. This looks better. <laughs> the Hanu Killer. I have a new name. I'm not the Greasy <laughs> Strangler anymore. I am the Hanu Killer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, oh my god. Okay. So, uh, yeah, besides all of that, um, for those of you who are watching Netflix came out today, um, check out Apostle on Netflix. Preston and I saw this at uh, Fantastic Fest. Excellent movie from Gareth Evans. Uh, you liked it, right, Preston? Uh, to a degree. To a degree. I think uh, uh, I, I, I admired it more than I enjoyed it. It's not a movie that really can be enjoyed. It's just like a very dreary, grim fil- film. But from a technical standpoint, and I guess from an immersive standpoint, because you feel very immersed in it, um, I give it points for that. But it is not something that I see myself watching over and over again. Oh, but yeah, I'll be watching it. I like that. I liked what that movie did. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to it again. All right, cool. There we go. Uh, bloody question time, my bloody question. Did you have a question, Preston? Because I have one as well, if you didn't or you did. Uh, back no, I like, I like the question that's on here. Okay, cool, cool, cool. The question is, the bloody question, we're all going to answer this. What horror villain monster slash monster from the last 10 years do you consider already a horror icon that can stand next to like Freddy and Mike and Jason? Uh, Preston, why don't you go first? Um, I don't think there's been one quite on the same level as Freddy or Jason within the last 10 years or Michael. Um, but there have been ones that have uh, stuck out a lot to me that I feel like have been mentioned on other websites or like me and Cole or me and Haley will joke about every now and then. Um, I think the one that I mention a lot, especially when I'm around the office is the merman from cabin in the woods. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. But, um, I guess other than that, it's kind of like, uh, the entity that's in, it follows. If, Um, what else? I guess maybe the new Pennywise. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. All right. I like, I like those. I think those would go in there. Uh, and, uh, what else you got? What else? Haley, anything? Well, I actually just thought of one and then a second one too, but I think, uh, the nun, honestly, that keeps popping up in, uh, oh my gosh, Preston. Conjuring. The Conjuring movies, and then she just had her own movie, which I know wasn't that great. But um, obviously when she popped up in The Conjuring 2, and then Annabelle as well, or Annabelle 2. Yeah. Yeah. Those, I mean, she's pretty iconic. And then also Toby from Paranormal Activity. Uh I think everybody knows about him. <laughs> yes. And uh, definitely someone that you think of a lot if you're making jokes or 
um, yeah, talking like, about things. Yeah, when there's something not there, you'd be like, yeah, oh, that, that was Toby. Toby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the nun thing, man. Nun scared the shit out of me. That made me sleep, like, with actual lights on in the room. and like, Yeah, I'm false... pretty sure she put me in labor. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that had to be horrifying. <laughs> um, I'm not, I have a couple. Nobody, none of you mentioned Black Phillip from The Vich. Okay, uh, I literally thought about that and then went with The Nun instead. And I haven't even seen The Witch, and I knew about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought I thought, I thought a Black Phillip would be funny. And also Jigsaw from the Saw franchise. There have been several movies wow. in the last 10. I think he's a pretty big dude in this thing um yeah. well and, i wasn't gonna count it because you said 10 years and that oh, movie came out in 04 oh preston <laughs> oh true 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 uh but i mean i like the last jigsaw movie came out recently recently yeah, yeah. so maybe uh what's what's like the guy who really plays him does he have a real name in the film in those films Oh man! Oh, is it, the actor is Tobin Bell, but I think his, yeah. I think they, he goes by Jigsaw. Jigsaw, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying the, to remember his the, name. The architect. Yes, um, and also I think this came out within the last ten years, but from Trick or Treat, the uh, the little the little guy with the mask on. Yeah. A uh, little like pumpkin mask. Yeah. Oh yeah. Miss, missed it by uh, that came out in 07 so oh, doesn't count doesn't count uh, okay. damn it <laughs> um, um, I guess uh, whatever that I can't remember the name of it but the little devil thing from Insidious because mm. that oh, came out in yeah, 2011 yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I always thought that they were going to focus on him at some point in the franchise and they never did more than they did in the first one very true, very true. What about the Babadook? Do you think the Babadook deserves to be up here? Mm, yeah, I would say so. Um, he's uh, popped up in, like, social media stuff. Um, I, I remember, like, even when they had the gay pride thing, they, they used him for... Holy uh, shit. <laughs> yeah, they used him as an icon for that because they have since mentioned that he is a homosexual villain. Interesting. I totally missed that part of that movie. <laughs> I think. I don't know. Um, but yes, yes, yes. All right, that was a good bloody question. Uh, let's move on to bloody recommendations. Uh, Preston, would you like to go first? Uh, sure, yeah. Um, well, you mentioned The Haunting of Hill House. I'm going to rearrange those uh, words and go with House on Haunted Hill. <laughs> and it's really it really gets confusing. I've meant, I've uh, messed it up quite a few times. Um, but I'm going to be doing uh, the remake of 1999, not the original uh, night. I think it's 1958 or 1959. Uh, original with uh, directed by William Castle has uh, Vincent Price in it. Um, just because uh, Screen Factory just recently put out. Um, the House on Haunted Hill from 1999, starring Jeffrey Rush and Pompke Jensen. I think Allie Larder's in it. Uh, Ty Diggs. Um, so good cat. Chris Kattan is in it, too. Um, so really good cast. Um, but it was a movie that I remember watching quite a bit when I was a kid. Uh, we did uh, 13 Ghosts not too long ago. And... It's like it seems like it's kind of cut from the same cloth, uh, even though they're both remakes. I don't remember if Thirteen Ghosts was also Dark Castle release, but it it has that kind of feel where I'm just going to be uh, upfront with this one. This movie's not very good, but uh, I I took a photo of the the cover art and I put it on my Instagram and I used the phrase shit stain charm <laughs> uh, because I, it's just, it's like one of those, like so bad it's kind of, it's good. Um, but the, the movie is about this eccentric millionaire who's also this uh, amusement park tycoon guy. And 
played by Jeffrey Rush, and I think his name is Stephen Price, which is off obviously a, a hat tip to Vincent Price. And he even has like a mustache and kind of carries himself very similar to the way that uh, Vincent Price did. Um, and uh, he doesn't have a very loving relationship with his wife, yet he wants to do like this big party at this asylum that um, we get some information in the beginning of the film that um, they all these uh, prisoners or inmates and patients uh, just murdered everybody and inside this asylum and everybody just died inside of it. Uh, Cause you know, if one doctor is going to go down, he's going to make sure that everybody doesn't get out. And so um, it's been haunted ever since. And so this uh, billionaire uh, takes his wife there to have her birthday there and invites five strangers, I believe, um, to the house on Haunted Hill. And they have, he does, he holds a contest. If they can survive the night, uh, they will each get a million dollars. And at a certain point in the film, well, pretty early on when things start getting strange things start happening, you begin to question, uh, is he behind this stuff or is there really evil lurking, uh, inside? And, uh, it kind of plays with your expectations all the way to the end, but I would argue that the film, uh, blows its load too quick with revealing the ghosts too soon. Um, and I feel like the craziness should all happen at the end. And there are some, there is some craziness that happens, but, it's just kind of uh, like hit hit or miss. There, there'll be a really good scene, um, especially one with uh, Jeffrey Rush's character when uh, I don't, I don't want to give away what happens, but there's a you'll know it when you see it. But I think the movie has the same kind of problems as Thirteen Ghosts, where it it has a good setup and a good backstory but the plotting isn't necessarily good. Um, there's a lot of character directions that just don't really go anywhere interesting, especially with the way that some characters die, like some something will be kind of set up and it's abandoned and kind of brought up cheaply uh, toward the end. Um, but uh, the, the film kind of leans more into style than it does uh, – than anything else. I think if they would have focused more on the plot and kind of fleshed it out a little bit more, maybe did a few more passes, it could have been a much better horror film, but I think it's still worth checking out just cause I think a lot of the, uh, it has a lot of creepy imagery that I still remember from, I think I was nine when the movie came out, but, um, I I get pretty creeped out. I think even the grudge does this or in the ring. Uh, there's like a certain way that characters move or entities or demons that move. It's kind of they shoot the film in a low frame rate and speed it up to kind of give it kind of like a jerky look. And whenever I have uh, sleep paralysis, that's the kind of movement that the shadowy shadowy figures that I see have. And so that creeps me out. And so I, uh, say that it's worth, worth, uh, picking up through scream factory. And it has some nice interviews, some new interviews with the director and the composer and a couple of vintage featurettes. And, um, so, and, and it has a really nice, uh, cover art. So I think it's worth uh, picking up if uh, you've never seen it or if you've seen it, uh, but haven't seen it in a long time, I think it might have, uh, some, sentimental value like it does for me excellent you know when you first said that this was your recommendation my mind was like is jimmy fallon in that fucking movie and then you said chris Catan, and i got them too yeah. confused <laughs> yeah chris Catan is like he's kind of like this 
officiator kind of guy. Like he's just making sure that everybody uh, gets there properly. And then he bolts, like gets his money and leaves, but then everything shuts down just like 13 ghosts when they get locked inside and he's just the poor sucker that gets stuck there. Right. Right. Yeah. I I remember when that movie came out. Oh, good recommendation. Good saw. Haley, might you have a bloody recommendation for our listeners? I do. I uh, I thought long and hard about what to do, and uh, I even asked Preston because I wasn't sure which movie to do, and uh, he knows that my favorite scary movie is Halloween, but that's too mainstream because everybody knows that one. So then I kept thinking, and I decided to do The Guest, which came out... Uh, what year? 2015? Yeah, I think so. 2015. It's been a few years now. I love that uh, fucking movie so much. It is one of my favorite movies. It is a movie that when we have friends over and they want to watch something, I usually suggest this or The Way, Way Back. However, I only watch The Way, Way Back during the summertime. So if it's fall, spring, or winter, it's usually The Guest. Um, It's a fun movie. It has lots of twists and turns in it. Uh, But the whole time, you're kind of rooting for the villain, even at the very end. And um, it makes you laugh. And Dan Stevens is just incredible. I just love him. (laughs) We all heard it. You could say it. Because I'm thinking the same thing. That's Amy Shower's There's a nice scene in there. But other than that, he's just fun to watch from this movie. I feel like... um, He's got like a Ryan Gosling kind of... Almost, yeah. Like a fun, goofy goofy sense to him that I've never seen in any of his other roles so far. Um, and he's really complex, like, he, especially the way that he interacts with the family and the kids. Like, you're like, should I trust this guy? Yeah, and then he's he turns up for him and, yeah. really quickly. And that is, it's interesting to watch because even from the beginning, you're thinking something else yeah. is going on. It's like action. You just can't figure it out. Yeah. Action, and then goes the straight-up horror, and yeah. like Haunted House toward the end. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But uh, it's definitely one of my favorite movies, and it's a movie that if you are looking for fun mixed in with a little bit of jumps and scares uh, with thriller, it's this is it, because it's going to probably make you laugh in a few scenes and definitely is going to make you root for the villain and for the, the heroes in it, too, throughout the entire movie, which is really interesting to me because it's kind of hard to do that yeah. without them coming back to life 18 times. So. Yeah. That's how you know it's a good movie when they have, uh, like, Michael Monroe's character in the film and her brother. Like, you're you're rooting for them because you want them to survive. Like, uh, I guess kind of spoiler, this movie's been out for a few years now, so... Um, Don't spoil my recommendation. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, you say that he goes bad at the end, and that's kind of a spoiler. I said, he, I said you, you root for the villain. It's fine. You can spoil it. I'll let you spoil it. He's just a spoiler. (laughs) I was like, what? I don't need to see it now. (laughs) Why you got to be spoiling everything? (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, no, I love that. The the bar scene where he takes the kid to get a beer and just... He kicks the bullies' asses. It's just so perfect. And Buys them all blowjob shots. <laughs> yes. I've always wanted to do that since I've seen that movie to, like, some, I don't know, people. <laughs> it's so good. I mean, you really do love him. Like, that's the thing. You love him. You root for him the whole time. Even even at the end, you're still rooting for him. Yeah. And he is awesome. Which is crazy. Yeah. I guess I just ruined it's a... it myself, huh? No. Um, it's... <laughs> It's a really good companion piece with uh, Behind the Mask because they both kind of have that same kind of feel where they're kind of deconstructing the horror genre. And it's quirky. They're both quirky. They have quirky main characters. Yeah. Cool. I like it. I like both of these movies. Um, I'll give you my bloody recommendation now. Um, It's an interesting one, of course. Haley is going to love it. (laughs) It's from 1978. (laughs) Halloween. (laughs) Yes, Halloween. It is simply titled Patrick. 
And I don't know if you've seen this movie. Have either of you seen this movie called Patrick? You're going to have to tell me about it because the title is, sounds familiar. Yeah, okay. I'm going to go with an absolutely not. I have not seen it. Okay, but so I'm interested. you're interested. Okay, here we go. Patrick is one of those movies that I really, really love since I first rented it on VHS at my local mom and pop video store back in the 80s. Um, <laughs> and uh, Patrick, uh, it was I was kind of blown away at such a young age of this movie because at a young age, you're kind of like, I want action, I want gore. And that's not really in this movie a whole lot. It's very super suspenseful and kind of like a slow burn. Um, I would say that it, you can compare it to like Stanley Kubrick's The Shining in a way in its suspense building and how like this horror drama kind of draws out and goes forward uh, throughout the entire runtime. Uh, but the director of this movie is Richard Franklin, who gave us Psycho 2, Part 2. And he gave us this really fun horror film called Patrick. And I think a lot of modern directors have paid homage to this movie, including uh, Quentin Tarantino in Kill Bill. So what is Patrick actually about? I think it's actually a love story deep down in its dark soul. But we follow a dude named Patrick. And um, he falls in love with this girl and he tries to keep her safe. That's that's in my mind. But that's not entirely true because Patrick has been in the hospital for several years since his murderous accident. He hasn't moved a muscle, blinked an eye, or mumbled a word since he arrived at the hospital. He uh, actually, most of the employees at the hospital and the nurses think he's brain dead. But he's just been comatose except for like some involuntary spitting. And now you're probably trying you're getting to see like that kill bill moment um so this patrick he you think like the movie kind of guides you that he's kind of telekinetic and he develops a relationship with a nurse called kathy who he communicates through this really weird typewriter um and he kind of keeps other suitors away from kathy as they try to glow grow closer meanwhile at the hospital there's kind of the head doctor of the hospital who's kind of like a madman and then an evil nurse who are trying to kill patrick but his telekinesis keeps them away and uh into like the very shocking shocking climax but there's twists and turns throughout the film kind of like in an m night Shyamalan way uh but yeah this movie is really cool and it's kind of forgotten about it's called i mean like again it's just called patrick and it follows a guy named patrick and the main guy in this movie does not talk at all <laughs> it's just brain dead in a bed um but it's super super suspenseful at all times you're kind of like on the edge of your seat like oh god something's happening uh in that way and i think that this movie like how they framed it how they told this story uh is just brilliant uh and still one of my one of my favorites still to this day uh patrick because most people haven't heard of it but it is on blu-ray um with uh, interviews and commentaries with the cast and crew. It's uh, quite fun. But hopefully, Preston, did that ring any bells? Have you seen this movie? No, I looked up uh, the pictures and I don't. I have not seen it. It's a it's a fun movie. Um, it doesn't seem right up your alley, uh, Haley. Uh, not right up my alley, but I am interested. <laughs> I will say that. Yeah, it's not good. Hooked. Yeah, no, it's a uh, it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool movie. Um, how they did everything. I think you'll like it. And I think when you watch it, you'll see like, Oh, these other directors kind of winked at this movie, uh, in their own future films. So that's pretty cool. Yes. That that was a, some hell of a bloody recommendations this episode. I like it. I want to go watch the fucking guest right now. That's what I want to do. It's so good. I could, I could even fall asleep to it. And I couldn't say that about majority of horror movies out there. Well, there you go. It's a nighttime lullaby for the kids, (laughs) the guests. But this brings us to our main event of my bloody podcast. Um, Preston, take it away, man. All right. So uh, we are doing 2006's Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Uh, It was directed by Scott Glosserman. Um, He has not really done anything else worthy of note, which is very surprising considering how much we love this film. 
but uh, it stars uh, Nathan Bissell, Angela Gothels, and has uh, Freddy Krueger himself in it, and uh, Robert England, and uh, the late, great Scott Wilson. And uh, the film is about it's kind of it exists in the same universe as every other horror icon that we were hinting at earlier with like Freddie, Jason, uh, Michael Myers, and they even like kind of show um, these uh, the different settings for each of those films, uh, Camp Crystal Lake and um, Elm Street and things like that. So the film is about another kind of horror icon. That um, named Leslie Vernon, and it, who has it, it takes it takes place like in that world where all these horror monsters are real, right? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, it's made to be like kind of like a found footage kind of movie, but it even departs from that and has fun of its own. But uh, it's so this documentary crew comes in, or like journalists, they come in. Uh, I guess kind of similar to the new Halloween. Um, they come in to kind of uh, get some information on this uh, Leslie Vernon and he, Leslie Vernon gives them complete access to, um, to him and what his process and how he uh, trains and prepares for uh, kills. And through all that, it's kind of like a self-aware kind of poking fun, deconstructing the horror genre and a, a primarily slasher films in the same vein of like Freddy and Halloween and things like that. But, um, so it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, I really enjoy the guy who plays Leslie Vernon named uh, Nathan Bissell. He's super Um, charismatic and super fun on screen. Yeah. Kind of like the guests where you do, where you're just like, is this guy really who he says he is? You, because he has, he's kind of charming and funny. And you're yeah. rooting for him. Yes, yeah. yes. And then it has the change at the end yeah. where you're like, oh, shit, okay. So. <laughs> I do like this. I, I This movie, I remember when it came out and when I saw it and just, oh, they they got it right. For horror fans, this movie is for like – Horror fans, I think. Yeah, because even when we watched it again a few nights ago, um, because we watched it uh, when Scream Factory released uh, their collector's edition earlier this year and had a lot of fun watching it then. But uh, even now, when we watched it a few nights ago, there was a lot of things that we didn't quite catch or didn't remember and laughed at again. Um, I know that Haley and I laughed pretty hard every time that they – and I – I'm sure it's Haley's favorite scene is when uh, he's doing cardio and like <laughs> punching a punching bag and sweating up a storm. And then the journalist, uh, uh, Angela's character asks, uh, like, why, why are you doing all this? What? And he's just like, you know, in all those, in all these, uh, kind of like he's saying, like in all these movies, you know, when you see, uh, like a, a girl or a guy running from, uh, their killer, there, uh, you see shots of them like running full full speed, and then it cuts to a shot of the killer, and he's just walking slow and confident. And so he makes a joke that he he points that out, but it says that he has to build to have a speed while walking slow, essentially. Um, which, so there's jokes is, like that. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I like that because I think it answers, like, those questions that we never get an answer to in other horror films just like that. And you kind of, like, get, like, oh, this is kind of, like, how they do it or, like, maybe you would hope that they do it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just to kind of go through their planning, like, his planning, because uh, you have the house. So it has, like, all the familiar ingredients of, like, horror films. And with like a lot of remakes and a lot of horror films uh, today that are trying to kind of have the same kind of success, chase the same thing that uh, Leslie Vernon is, he wants to have a legacy just like those guys where people will remember his name and his uh, story. And um, we get like scenes where he's, taking the journalists, the documentary crew to 
the house where it has like a, a very storied past and he's like explaining like this is where they're gonna go and they're gonna go up here and what's really funny when he's doing all that is he boards or he nails the windows shut um, because you know that generally happens in a horror film when when somebody's trying to get out like the windows locked and they can't get out and then uh, they always make really stupid decisions in those moments and then uh, the journalist says uh, why don't they just uh, bust the window and jump out of it and it's like you think that they would do that but they don't <laughs> so uh, and then even from there like they go further down the process into the process and just like every little thing, every cliche that's that you've noticed uh, film to film franchise to franchise, it's brought up in some, at some point in the film and they poke fun of it and kind of like, I guess just create reason as to why that happens. Um, and then there's some where it's like brought up and then they, and he just doesn't know how to answer it and just kind of leaves it there. And it's just like made for a laugh. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I like what some of the points, because like there, there's a documentary crew, so there's a lot of interviews in the movie and I love when they actually go to Leslie Vernon's like parents house and they talk to him and you find out like he has like a very leave it to beaver type of family who's very supportive yeah. of him. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's very weird when, uh, I think the creepiest people that you see in movies are the people who just appear normal. And are just like kind of, uh, you know, Black Klansmen. We were talking about that uh, that woman, uh, the bigger woman, the wife of the yeah. yes, yes, yeah, because yeah. she seems like so normal. polite and normal, but yet she has a really messed up mind. Mm -hmm. And so you have and like Get Out or something like yeah. that. You just have character. Th those uh, his parents are very much like that, and. Um, yeah, Scott Wilson plays the dad, and uh, very enjoyable in the part. No, I, I really liked it. So, do y'all know who uh, played the main chick in this movie, the head documentary girl, yeah. Angela Goethals? Yes, uh, she was. She played Macaulay Culkin's sister in the original yeah. Home Alone movie. Yeah, Lou, uh, she, yeah, she's the one that does the French. That le vous You're whatever. what the French called les incompetents. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is great that she went from there to here. I'm very impressed. <laughs> I thought that was a little fun bit of uh, information, but yeah, this movie is a lot of fun. They really did a a good, good job here in this movie. And I think, didn't they, they did it like a Kickstarter to try to make a sequel, right? But I don't think it got off the ground, right? Yeah, I think they mentioned that in the special features that they have on here. Um, I think they made a comic book or they made something to kind of continue the story, but uh, that's just kind of where it is and that's where it'll be. I don't think it'll ever happen that they'll make uh, another story to this, but it's a shame because I, I just feel like it just kind of got lost in the shadows and, uh, and I'm, I, I'm hoping that with it coming out on Blu-ray this year with through screen factory and I keep, uh, spreading the love about it. Like, just like what Haley was saying with the guests, like this is another film that I would recommend to people when they're just like looking for something that's kind of scary and fun. Because it's a it's a crowd pleasing film, especially if you're a uh, horror fan. There's just like so many uh, nuggets in there that you'll uh, enjoy, kind of uh, chatting about afterwards. And because it's a super clever film, um, it's also it's actually a pretty good companion piece with Creep Two because Creep Two mm -hmm. maybe Creep Two steals a lot from it, but it does a very similar thing where it brings in uh, a documentarian and then she she gets full access to the creep, the central killer of the film. And it, it does the same sort of thing. Not quite as uh, funny because it's this film behind the mask is doing more to kind of, you know, uh, analyze the horror genre. And I, I feel like creep is just doing uh, something Similar, but it doesn't uh, quite dive into it as much. It's more of like a, its own thing. But uh, yeah, Behind the Mask, uh, we we love that film, and we'll uh, 
watch it maybe once a year. That's good. Haley, what, you love this film too? Yeah, this is actually one of those movies that um, Preston brought home and put into the Blu-ray player before I could even sit down when I came home from work one night. And um, we had watched many horror movies that week, and I was thinking to myself, not another one. Uh, I think at this point he was on his um, Friday the 13th kicker. And so we had watched the entire franchise of Friday the 13th at that point within a week. And I was horror movied out and he put this in and I was thinking, okay. And, uh, within 15 minutes, I was thinking, this is one of the best movies I've seen in a while. (laughs) And, uh, I enjoyed it the whole way through. And like I said before, I, I don't, I'm not, uh, I don't want to say a huge fan, but I don't always enjoy like the quirky and weird horror movies i really like like the classics like friday the 13th and halloween and this one i think does a really good job of being one of those classics or feeling like one of those classics because it's not really a classic but also adding a lot of stuff to it as well and like you said it takes you down like all these alleys and kind of makes you laugh because it answers questions that you always ask yourself, like, why are they running upstairs when they should be running outside the front door or, you know, whatever it is. And uh, it makes you kind of laugh or, you know, why isn't that tool working? Why is every tool they're used not working? And so it kind of answers those questions and makes you laugh at the same time. But then like Preston says, it kind of steers away from that documentary style towards the end and just, kind of becomes its own movie as well. And I enjoyed that part too. So it was definitely something I was uh, surprised by. I'm also surprised I had never heard of it because this movie came out when I was in high school and I was really into horror movies or at least mainstream horror movies when I was in high school. And I'm shocked. I kind of, it fell through the cracks on me because I was going to the theater all the time in high school watching horror movies and somehow missed this one. So, uh, yeah, kind of surprised. Do you remember it playing in theaters? I remember seeing reviews for it when I was 16. I saw it much later. And, but I don't know how wide it went. I don't think it went super wide. Um, but I remember hearing about it like early on, like right when it came out. I was like, oh, I've heard about this movie and I have to see it because this, I mean, like the like the tagline like in a world where like Freddy is real and Jason is real and there's like another guy kind of thing. I was like, I have to see this movie, but I'm trying to remember how, uh, you know, where it all went. I don't think it was really released uh, in a whole bunch of stuff. I think it was just limited in the U.S. Like maybe just a few cities. Um, but I think it actually premiered at South by, um, back in 2006. It says, uh, March 18th of 2007, but according to IMDb, it says the opening weekend U.S. gross is 38,000. So yeah, it must've been just played in like a couple cities and nobody heard about it, which is weird because I feel like this movie would have done super well. However... Mm -hmm. There was not like a huge actor attached to it, uh, like mainstream actor. Yeah, I mean, other than like uh, Robert England, and we didn't even mention him, but he plays a character very much like uh, Loomis. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because you, you have Robert England, you have Zelda Rubenstein from Poltergeist, you have Kane yeah. Hodder. I mean, there's a lot of people from other horror movies, but they well, don't Kane play. Hodder's only in it for half a second. Correct. Correct. <laughs> he's, he's the guy that's going inside uh, on Elm Street. Yeah, on Elm Street. They go, excuse me, sir. And then he just runs right inside. Yeah. <laughs> Your, Robert England is that, what do they call it? The Abram? Abram? Abraham? Oh, uh, oh what do oh, they call it? Oh, damn it. Doc Holleran? No, no, they're the, uh, it's the title for the the saver, the savior, like the person who's like the hero. They call them that whenever they're they're jumping up and Moby down. Dick. What's, no, 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 it's not Moby Dick. But what what's the? It's not Ishmael. It's like something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I swear it was like. It starts with an A. It starts with an A. Anyways, but that's what they call it. It's like quirky things like that. Like they each part of the movie has like something attached to it that this this. Killer is trying to get. Is it Ahab? Ahab? A- yeah, Ahab. Ahab. Yeah, yeah, Ahab. Yeah. 
and they're so excited that he has this man yeah, who's they're, they're, going to save the day while he's trying to murder all these people. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of like a Joker mentality. Yeah, he, it's like uh, I would be nothing if he wasn't he wasn't if Batman wasn't there. I mean, this guy he needs to be there for him so he can to make it better. Yeah, to make it better. Like all these to things make his need legacy. to. And then they they mentioned like the final girl. Like, that needs to be there. Like, it's just, like, all those things that happen, all those ingredients that I was talking about, like, they're, they're just all there for you to uh, look at and put phone at. Yeah, it's cool. And I got to say that the the guy who plays Leslie Vernon, Nathan Basil, he graduated from Juilliard. <laughs> yeah. He's no joke. <laughs> uh, he was wonderful, though, because he does make you, like, the whole time I was watching this the other night, I mean, the first time I was kind of, you know, surprised watching it, but this last time that we watched it, I mean, he makes you just like in the guests, like we talked about, he makes you fall in love with him. And you're almost like, but I kind of want him to succeed. But at the same time, that's awful because that means he's going to murder a bunch of teenagers. But at the same time, you're like, but I I just want to be happy for him because he's worked so hard. Yeah, but nobody liked those teenagers, though. (laughs) Exactly, which is funny because it makes you, like, not want to root for them. You want to root for the documentary crew and for her, but, like, nobody else. Like, you're like, eh. Yeah, which is funny because that's what happens in a lot of these horror films. Yeah, you don't give a shit about those people because they're, they're, they're just, like, there to die. Mm-hmm. But I did love him. I thought he did a great job. And, honestly, I think he kind of tied everything together with this, I don't even know what you would call it. He just had this personality that it was, like, flirtatious. But at the same time, it was uh, enduring, endearing almost, too. Yeah. And he was so in love with what he was doing and felt so much passion for it that you were rooting for him. He's just the guy that loves his job. Yeah. (laughs) We all all want to be that guy. (laughs) Very true. Very true. Oh, behind the mask. We love you. We're glad you're here. If you have not seen this movie, buy it, rent it, watch it. It's it's good. It's very, no, it's not good. It's great. Uh, it's one, one for the books. But I think stick around through the credits too. Yes. Uh, I let, I let one of, uh, my old coworkers at my previous job, uh, borrow it. And because I had talked about it and said so she watched it and I was like, did you stay through like the credits? And they happen pretty quickly. Like you'd have, cause otherwise if like you didn't, um, the movie would end almost pretty abruptly. But, uh, if you stick around through the credits and you should, because talking head psycho killer is playing. And if you, uh, stick around, uh, you'll, something more will happen and it almost makes you laugh even more and enjoy it. It makes I think it just it puts the period on the end of the sentence. Makes it great. Excellent. I totally agree. Um, awesome. I think that brings us to a conclusion of this episode of my bloody podcast. Um, this was fun. Haley, thank you for joining. You got to join us more often. Well, thank you for having me. I had fun. Uh, I uh, I might not be the most up-to-date on the horror news, but I do enjoy my movies. <laughs> yeah, we all can't wait for that Hanukkah horror movie. Holy shit. I, you know what? We should just go and have a blast at that one because I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, yes, it is. I can't wait. Um, Preston, should we tease anything for next week or should we keep it a surprise? Uh, maybe keep it a surprise. Uh, I, I think there's, since we're getting closer and closer to Halloween, I think we need to like cook up something good. I mean, there is probably a few that I would love to do. Um, I would like to do reanimator if we can, I don't know at what point you would want to do that one. I think there's some other ones that you and I have mentioned previously that we should do as well. The movie that Preston bases his life off of reanimator. We will do that. <laughs> we will do that but yes uh thanks for joining uh preston where can everybody find you and send you pictures of pools and sharks yes uh you can do that on my twitter at preston barta b-a-r-t-a and you can read my weekly theatrical reviews and interviews on ditton record chronicle dittonrc.com and I'm the features editor of freshfiction.tv, 
where I'm posting all people, all my writer's stuff, like James Cole Clay that we have on the show pretty regularly. And uh, he actually wrote a really good piece on First Man and this documentary called Free Solo because they both kind of deal with uh, men trying to uh, conquer the impossible. And really good piece. I think we're trying to kind of go more in that direction outside of just doing reviews and interviews. So that'll be like the first of many articles that you'll see from us where we try to do something a little different and original. So you can find that on freshfiction.tv. Cool. I like it. Haley, should you, do, you, do you want to be found? Do you want to tell the listeners where to find you? I, uh, I can't really have anything to find. So uh, I'm just hanging out in my classroom most of the time. Sweet, sweet. <laughs> Teaching horror films to everybody. I like yeah, it. Yeah, to those little ones. They really yeah. enjoy it. They third, catch everything. Third graders love horror. <laughs> yes, they do. Papa <laughs> uh, Duke all day long. Uh-huh. Oh, my gourd. I love it. Um, and I'm Brian Kluger, Boomstick Comics and High Def Digest. And this podcast where we do horror movie shows we do wrestling shows we do music shows and we do nerdy shows it is a lot of fun look us up on itunes and stitcher radio and google play happy happy early halloween to everybody we will be back next week with more gruesome funny tidbits of horror films we love you and thank you to Haley and preston thank you thank you